everybody in this room, everybody watching online knows what it's like to feel disappointment. All of us know what it's like to be disappointed. Now, some of you are like, is he talking about this honeymoon? No, I'm not talking about my honeymoon at all. It was great. It's awesome. We went to a five-star all-inclusive resort, and it was, and I, I just wanted to address it because there's always one person. Sure do wish I could go to a five-star. It must be nice. It is. <laughs> Hope you can go one day. If you get off Facebook and go to work, you probably could. Anyway, so I just want to throw that out there. Um, it was awesome. We, we, I mean, we, like I was sitting by a pool and they were bringing me fish tacos. That's a good day. Every day. I did get attacked by seagulls. Um, another story, another time. Uh, but, true story. But, but everything was great. Like nothing about the resort disappointed. Nothing about the trip disappointed. We got on the, the plane to come home. We're sitting at the front of the plane. And I told Shannon, my wife, I was like, listen. We're going to land in Atlanta. we got to go through customs. But it's all good because we're at the front of the plane. So because we're at the front of the plane, as soon as we get off, I said, I said if you got to pee, pee before we get off this plane. Because once we get off the plane, we're going straight to customs. We're going to be in the front of the line. And because we're in the front of the line, we're going to get through customs super quick. It's, it's going to take like 10 minutes. It's going to be easy. So the lady, um, like the flight attendant, said, hey, when we get to Atlanta, you're going to have to walk a long way. That, and I thought, you know, maybe a couple, you know, 100 yards. No, no, we pretty much had to walk through the city of Atlanta. That's what it felt like. So we landed in Atlanta, and I, and, but we're in the front. And I told Shannon, I was like, just keep going, just keep going. She said, I got to pee. I said, no, you don't. Just think you don't have to pee. You know, I don't have to pee. I don't have to pee. Um, and so, and so <laughs> we walked, and we walked, and we walked, and we walked, and we walked. My, my, like my Apple Watch kept resetting because we were walking so much. And we finally walked around the corner. Customers were going to be there, and I, and, and there were 17 planes that landed before us. And three, three customs agents. One of them looked like he knew George Washington personally. <laughs> and in that moment, I can't tell you because I was so proud of the progress we had made. We rounded the corner and I was, I was like, you know what? I, I just don't even care anymore. I just don't care. I was so disappointed in that moment because we had to stand in line for an hour. And I've got ADD and my meds were wearing off. So I had my phone out. <laughs> I started. And Shannon's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm, gonna take, I'm taking pictures of people. She said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to post them on Instagram. She said, no, you're not. I said, yes, I am. I said, look at that guy right there. Look at, look, let me. She said, Pierce, stop it. So I was, you should be disappointed because I had some great pictures that I was going to share on Instagram. But all of us know what it's like. We've been disappointed in in restaurants, somebody told you a great restaurant and you went there and it wasn't all that. Or somebody told you a movie was great. Somebody told you a series on Netflix was great and it wasn't that good. Just to be honest, you were disappointed. Everybody in this room knows what it's like to feel a certain amount of disappointment. But I want to go a little bit deeper. I would be willing to bet you that everyone in this room knows what it's like to be disappointed in God. Now, I'm, right here, I'm just talking to the real people. Because I, I, there's some people in here, you walked in today with your Christian mask, and you're like, I have never, never been disappointed in God. Really? Really? I mean, look, can, can we get real? So, so you've never prayed that a loved one who was dying would not die, and they died? That's never happened to you? You've never prayed for a, 
a, a raise or a promotion or your kid to get in a certain college and it didn't happen. All of us in this room knows what it's like to be disappointed in God because we ask him for something. And in our mind, it was something good. Like for me, when I asked God to heal my mother, that was a good thing. I wasn't asking him for, like, to win the lottery, which I have asked that before because the money's got to go to somebody. Might as well come to me. But, but I've, I've asked him that. It doesn't hurt to, like, throw a prayer up. But to heal my mom, I can remember praying, God, heal my mother. That's not, a, that's not a bad prayer. And he didn't do it. And I was disappointed. Everybody in this room that would be willing to admit it knows what it's like to be disappointed spiritually because we asked God for something and he didn't come through so the main point I want us to walk away with today is this and it'll take me a while to get there but let me get just give me a little time the main point I want us to walk away with is this and this is just what I've learned through living nearly 50 years and through reading the scriptures and it's this one of the main reasons he does not give us what we ask for is because what we ask for is way too small. One of the reasons that God does not say yes to everything that we're asking him for is because what we're asking him for oftentimes is way too small in comparison to what he actually wants to do in our life long term. And so in order to set that up, I got to share, I preach from this passage once a year. I, I, I love John chapter 11 I love the story of Lazarus. There's so much in this text. I actually had to cut stuff out of the text so we could get through the story. So there's going to be some stuff today that I'm just going to mention, but maybe we'll come back in two or three months and, and talk about it, all right? Here we go. We're starting in John chapter 11, verse 1, talking about being disappointed in God. Here we go. John chapter 11, verse 1. A man named Lazarus was sick. Now let me pause real quick and just say, one of the things I've learned and, and being a follower of Jesus now for over 30 years, it's when you're reading the scriptures and you see something in the Bible, it's important. And it's important because it's in the Bible. But then if you see something, like, again, like if the, if the author repeats himself, it's, like, really important. And if you see it a third time, it's, it's like God is pointing his finger going, do you see this? Now, the reason that's important is because the first thing that we find out about Lazarus is Lazarus has what condition on three? One, two, three. He is, he's sick. Everybody got that? Lazarus is sick. All you had to say, John, John won't drop it. He won't leave it alone. Watch this. He lived in Bethany with his two sisters, Mary and Martha. Now, that seems to be a pretty complete sentence. But, but John in verse 2 wants to emphasize something. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Now, let me pause. That's in John chapter 12. John chapter 12, verse 1 starts out with a story where Jesus is in the room and Mary comes in and pours the perfume on his feet and wipes his feet with her hair. I mean, it's it's, a, it's still talked about to this day. It's an amazing story, and John wants us to know. I'm going to tell you about Mary in a little while, but it's that Mary, which is good because in the New Testament, 
there's a lot of Marys. It's like they didn't have many, very many female names to choose from. It's like Mary, 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 Martha, Mary, 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 Mary. So that's how that's how they named their girls. All right. And it's all good in this verse, but the end of the verse says, her brother, Lazarus, was one, two, three, sick. Okay, 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 I got it. Got it, John. Lazarus is sick. Is that what you're trying to say? John said, I'm glad you asked. Verse three. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, Your dear friend is very, one, two, three, okay, for the love. Three times. Verse one, Lazarus is sick. Verse two, Lazarus is sick. Verse three, Lazarus is sick. It doesn't take a three-digit IQ to come to the conclusion that Lazarus is, yeah, exactly. And Mary and Martha props to them because they sent, it's kind of like they sent a prayer to Jesus, Jesus Lazarus is sick. So what did they want Jesus to ultimately come and do? They wanted Jesus to come and heal Lazarus. They saw Jesus as a healer. And he was a healer. In fact, John chapter 9, he had healed a man born blind. He had healed people all through the book of John. So they knew he could heal. And so they were asking him, hey, we've seen you heal for them. We want you to come do that exact same thing for us. But Jesus had something bigger in mind. By the way, it is dangerous when we put Jesus in a box or a category. He is a healer. But he's so much more. He he can do miracles. But he's capable of, of so much more. So they said, Jesus, we want you to come and heal Lazarus. And Jesus has a response. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. Let me pause. He didn't say Lazarus wouldn't die. He said it would not end in death. Big difference. He said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. In other words, Jesus said, I'm going to get glory out of this. This is going to be awesome. And you would think, that's great, Jesus. So go heal him. And people will be like, healer! And we'll just we'll write a song and hold our hands up that you're a healer. That would be awesome. When we going? Let's go. Let's go. And, and so although Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Is that confusing? Jesus, let's just say, I like to pretend sometimes Jesus is sitting at the table and he's eating dinner. He's, he's like got his chips and guacamole, you know, and he's kind of just eating. And Cameron told him about Lazarus, and he goes, he stands up and he goes, This sickness will not end in death, it is for my glory. Hey, pass salt. No, water's good. I can change it if I want. I can make it, not water. (laughs) I'm not going to do it because some Baptists over there, they're going to get mad. But when the Episcopal show up, we'll change it. (laughs) Church humor. 
Apparently, there's a lot of Baptists in this room. Y'all didn't laugh very much. <laughs> Recovering Baptists, let's just put it that way. Like he didn't move. So although Jesus loved Mary and Martha, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Have you ever, you ever asked God for something and you felt like he spoke and said so? Because Jesus said it will not end in death and then nothing happened. You know what happens to us during a season like that? We pray and we ask God, God, I need a miracle. I need for you to heal. I need for you to do this. And God, we feel like God speaks to us, but then nothing happens. That causes us to think, maybe God doesn't love me. Maybe God doesn't love me at all, which is why I'm so glad John included that he loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Jesus like, I love everybody in the story, but I love you so much that I'm not going to give you what you asked for. Now, that's hard to understand unless you're a parent. If you're a parent, let me ask you this question. How would the life of your children be right now if you said yes to everything they've ever asked you for? Hmm? Most of them wouldn't be alive. Because if they caught you on a bad day, right? Mama, can I go play in the road? Yep. Take your brother. I mean, that, that's <laughs> right. You've... You get, you get there. You can get there. You shouldn't say that. You're obviously not a parent. Um, but, but, but God doesn't always give us what we ask for. And one of the main reasons that God doesn't give us what we ask for is because he has something bigger in mind. We, we put him in this, they put him in the category, you're a healer, which is true. But it's not all that he is. And then it gets a little crazy. Got to do some backstory here, but this is fun. Watch this. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Now, this was a problem. And the reason this was a problem is because in John chapter 9, in John chapter 10, Jesus had been in Judea, and he had upset the religious people. When you upset religious people, I don't know if you know this or not, they pick up rocks. Now, I mean, today... I'm not talking about Twitter. I'm talking about they literally pick up rocks. To they picked up rocks to throw at Jesus. They were trying to stone him. Not, not second chance get stoned. I'm talking like old, old time stoned, right? They were going to throw rocks at him until he died. Now, if you're a disciple of Jesus and they're throwing rocks at Jesus and you're close to Jesus and the rocks miss Jesus, who do the rocks hit? You. And the rocks aren't hitting Jesus, right? Because he probably got like a force field or something around him. So it's like they're bouncing off, hitting Thomas in the head and Peter. And, and, and like everybody's getting hit. So this is a problem. They don't want to go back to Judea. So, so verse 8, but his disciples objected. Hold on for a second. Have you ever, I'm, we're going to blow a few myths up during this, during this message. Have you ever heard this? The closer you get to Jesus, the easier it is to follow him. Yeah. The person that told you that is as full of it as a constipated elephant. 
Think about that for a while. You'll get it. The closer you get to Jesus, the easier it is to follow him. Uh-uh. I was, I was having lunch with Cole uh, just the other day, and, and we talked about when I gave my life to Christ, that was one of the easiest decisions ever. Oh, if I pray and accept Jesus in my life, I get to go to heaven and I don't go to hell, sign me up. I'm going to go from death to life. I've got Jesus living in me. Sign me up. I just didn't know he's going to keep asking stuff from me. And it's not always easy. In fact, sometimes I object. And before you judge me, let's look. The the people that were closer to you, look, these guys right here, none of us in this room have ever been as close to Jesus as these guys right here. And they're going, eh. How about the whole Judea thing? I mean, the, remember that we were there and you had the force field and the rocks and things? I got hit. I got hit twice by a rock. I just got hit. Not excited about it. So they had to inform Jesus because, you know, sometimes we got to tell Jesus because he don't know. They said, Rabbi, only a few days ago the people in Judea were trying to stone you. I don't know if you forgot. I hadn't forgot. Are you going there again? You notice they didn't say we. <laughs> Jesus said, we're going to go. Oh, you're going to go. Shoot me, a, shoot, shoot me a text. Let me know how that goes for you. So watch what Jesus does. Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight Every day. Now, as soon as he said that, the disciples were like, oh, God, here we go. He's, it's one of his stories. We don't know what he's what's he talking I don't know. He just said, just, just listen. We'll ask him when he's done because he always does this. Because the disciples, most of the time, they didn't understand what he was talking about. So Jesus said, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is no danger of stumbling because they have no light. Anybody convinced? No. They're all going, what are you talking about? This is a reference, by the way, to John chapter 8, verse 12. Just two chapters before this, in John chapter 8, verse 12, he said, I'm the light of the world. In other words, he's saying, hey, if you'll walk with me, I'm going to lead you to some unsafe places. You're going to be in some unreal circumstances. But if you'll stay with me, I'm the light of the world. And you may not know what's going to happen 10 steps down the road, but you will always know that next step. And the reason you'll always know that next step is because I'm right there with you and I'm the light of the world. In other words, Jesus is going, hey, listen, I know you're scared. I know you're uncertain. I know going back there is going to be something very, very scary, but you've got me. And as long as you got me and you can see the next step, you're going to be okay. And that's the message for some of us today. You're very uncertain about the future, but here's what I can tell you. I don't know what the future holds, but I know that Jesus is the light of the world. And if you and I will stay connected with him step by step, he will eventually get us to where we need to be. And we will, we will see things and experience things that we never thought of or imagined simply because we, we just did it his way instead of our way. So I'm the lie of the world. Did it convince him? Nope. The whole speech, he just went off. Lie of the world. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. 
but now I will go and wake him up. Now, you've been sick before, right? Being sick, you get sleep. Sleep helps you get better. Just curious, how many people had COVID? You, you had COVID. You had the COVID. Got the corona. No, more hands went up. That, no, I'm not talking about the beer. I'm talking about the sickness, all right? The, you, I had COVID, and you know what um, the best thing about COVID was for me is the sleep. I slept 10, 11, 12 hours a day. Now, I know it hit some people worse than others. Now, now, like four years ago, I had the flu. Oh, my God. I had a friend come over. I was, like, drinking Gatorade and curled up in a ball. They're like, what can I do for you? I was like, shoot me. <laughs> Everybody knows that when you're sick, if you sleep, that's the best thing that can happen to you when, you, when you're sick. Am I right? Yeah. So the disciples are like, oh, well, if he's sick, let, you know what, let's just stay here and not bother him. Let him sleep, because if he sleeps, he'll get better. And the rocks hurt. <laughs> Skip it. The disciples said, Lord, if he's sleeping, he will soon get better. Let's not, let's not, let's just stay here. It's safe. By the way, have you heard anybody say that? The safest place to be is in the center of the will of God. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Was Jesus in the will of God, yes or no? And he wound up on a cross. It's not the safest place to be. It's the best place to be, but it's not always safe. I love it. If he's sleeping, he'll get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping. But Jesus meant Lazarus had died. Hold on. Lazarus died? I thought Jesus said that the sickness wouldn't end in death. <laughs> he did. Which is proof that it ain't over until Jesus says, I always say all the time, if you're not dead, God's not done. Hey, there's good news. If you are dead, God still ain't done. I didn't say that in the last service. Y'all got that for free, all right? So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now, I'm sure all of them were like, well, that's weird. Because right before, when we were, remember that? We had the guacamole and the chips we were eating. Right before I passed you the salt. And you said Lazarus' sickness would not end in death. And now you're saying he's dead. We don't even, what, what, what is your problem? Lazarus is dead. And, <laughs> and for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. In other words, they were like, Jesus, why don't you go? He's like, oh, we are going don't you love how relentless Jesus is in his pursuit? Hey, guys, I need you to come take this step of faith with me. Why? We don't want to go. There's rocks involved. I need you to come take this step with me. I don't know. Lazarus, maybe if he sleeps. He, he just keeps saying, hey, this is the step I want you to take. That's what he's doing with some people in this room. Hey, this is the step you need to take. I need you to take this step. I need you to take this step. And you know, sometimes, I, sometimes we have a bad attitude when we follow Jesus. Now, I know the people in there, I've never had a bad attitude. Yeah, yeah you have. Yeah, you have. You just, you just fake. You do fake to let everybody know, but you had a bad attitude. One of the apostles, watch what, Thomas. He's always known as Doubting Thomas. But, but this is Death Wish Thomas. This is, what, this is what Thomas says. This, this is the frustration. Watch this. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. 
You always got that guy in the room. All right, fine, fine. We will go and we will die. Hope you're happy. I'm going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. I doubt I'm going to live. We're going to die. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. We all dying. We are dying if we follow Jesus. So let's go and die. You ever told God that? Have you, <laughs> have you ever? Fine. I'll do it. <laughs> right? We get this image of following Jesus is just sitting there going, I surrender all. But sometimes it's like, I'm going to, I'm I'm, okay, okay, I'm going to go, but I don't like it. And I would prefer that you never ask me this again. That never works for me. Simon's like, we're going to die. Let's go. This is where the story gets crazy. This is just the setup. Now it gets crazy. Watch this. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. I have a question for you. It's not even a biblical question. So you don't even have to be a Christian. You can answer this question. How many of you know somebody that no matter what time you tell them to be at a certain place or <laughs> what time you need to leave, that person that you know, they are they they couldn't be on time. If their life, that you, you know somebody that's just always late. Just raise your hand. Raise your hand if you know somebody. How many of you are sitting next to that person right now? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I can kind of feel that. So I just want to. You even changed the time. Okay, we need to leave by 515. What time do we need to leave? 445? It still don't work. You know, so you guys, they're always late. Now, I've been late before. I hate being late. This is late. Not only did he not show up to heal him, he missed the funeral. I mean, he could have at least preached the funeral. But four days later, he lies and Jesus walks in and goes, What's up? What's up, everybody? What's up? How's, what's, whew. This place is dead. Because <laughs> Lazarus is dead, dummy. I mean, like, why, why, didn't, why didn't you show up? Four days late. Jesus said the sickness would not end in death. And here, Lazarus is dead. Jesus rolls in. Everybody's kind of scratching their head going. This is why I love it when people go, God's, God's always on time. Is he? Let's say we were doing interviews. Action news reporter here today. Lazarus, is God always on time? Oh, you can't talk, you're dead. No, I mean, not that, that's how that conversation would go. God's always on his time, but not our time. God's always on time. Let's talk to Lazarus and Mary and Martha about that and see how they feel. By the way, if you feel like you prayed for something a year ago and it hadn't came through, don't give up on that prayer, especially if you heard God speak to you, because God's working it out. He's just got a bigger plan. So, so when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, 
She went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. You see that? Just, just, just a guess here. But Martha was a little bit angrier. I mean, Mary was a little bit angrier than Martha. Would you agree? Would you, would you agree that it was taking Mary a little bit longer to get over it than Martha? But let's not judge Mary. And, and the reason I say that is because there's some people in this room today, and something has happened, and you're working through your bitterness, and it's a, it's a process, and you feel like you're making progress, but you can identify in this text more with Mary than you can Martha. See, Martha went immediately. It took Mary a little while, but let's not judge Mary because, once again, Mary in John chapter 12 is the one that walks in the room and anoints Jesus with perfume and wipes his feet with her hair. Mary is the one we talk about. So even though it took Mary a little bit longer, when she got there, she got there. So it takes some people a little time. It takes some people a little bit more time. But at the end of the day, it, listen, we just God's got time. Take your time. So, so, so Mary stayed in the house, and Martha said to Jesus, I don't know if you've ever had to inform Jesus of anything. I have. I feel like I have, right? Jesus, this line is long. Jesus, this is hot. They said, Jesus, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. Now, that's a true statement. Kinda. But Jesus had something bigger in mind. And, and Martha realizes this because she does the Christian thing and covers for herself really quick. We do this. We do this too. We speak Christianese. Watch what she does. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. So she walks in and she's like, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus kind of, I can imagine Jesus kind of smirking at her like, oh, but, but, but I know he'll, like, whatever you ask, he'll, he'll I mean, you're still awesome. But, like, you were late. You missed the funeral. Four days. All the casseroles are gone, Jesus. Because, you know, in the South, when somebody dies, we're going to bring you a casserole. That's make, that makes everything better. Ethel died. Throw some squash and cheese and take it down to their house, right? So, Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Now, this is, this is, a, this is a hint of what he's getting ready to do. But she can't, she can't wrap her mind around this because she never seen Jesus do this miracle. She's seen him heal. But once again, if we put Jesus in the category of a healer, but we need a resurrection, then we don't turn to him. So Jesus is kind of hinting at what he's getting ready to do. And her trying to be the good Jesus follower, she says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Yeah, he will rise again. Still doesn't change the fact you were four days late and you could have came when we asked you to come. None of this would have happened. And then Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. In other words, Mary, you only know me as the healer. You're about to find out that I'm able to do so much more. You asked me to heal, but that was small in comparison to what I can actually do. I'm the resurrection and the life. I love that. And anyone who believes in me will live 
even after dying. Martha's not quite sure what this means. So Mary eventually shows up, they have a conversation, and they wind up at the tomb. Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. Let me pause real quick, let me say this, and hopefully I can come back one day and teach on it. John chapter 11, verse 35 is the shortest verse in the Bible. It simply says, Jesus wept. I've heard pastors use that verse as an excuse for us to be able to cry at funerals. Jesus cried at a funeral, so we can cry at a funeral. First of all, dude, it wasn't a funeral. He was four days late. It was the after, 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 after party of the funeral. Number two, you can cry at a funeral because you're human, not because Jesus cried. Number three, Jesus didn't cry because Lazarus was dead because he was about to bring him back to life. So why would he cry at something he was about to take care of? He was crying because he was mad. Why was he mad? I'll tell you all another time. I just wanted to throw that out there just because I like doing that to see if you all are paying attention. Jesus was still angry when he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across his entrance. And watch this. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. Can you imagine the reaction of the crowd? Like they were kind of walking. They're all mumbling. There he is. Finally, finally showed up. Finally, I guess he's going to go pay his respects. And everybody gets there and Jesus goes, roll the stone aside. What did he say? I think he said something about in me abide. No, that's not what he said. He said roll the stone aside. That don't make no sense. But, but Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Hold on. Hold on. Jesus is telling them to take a step of faith. Roll the stone aside. And Martha, just like the disciples, remember when Jesus said, let's go back to Judea, the disciples protested? Here we got Martha going, um... Yeah, see, here's the problem. He has been dead for, for four days. I don't know if you knew that, but remember we asked you to come. You didn't come. You said we're going to end in death, and you showed up four days. I didn't know. He's been dead for four days. And the, the sm- it's the smell. It's the smell will be terrible. Y'all know about the smell being terrible, Right? Grandpa comes to your house, goes to the bathroom, comes out, and you're like, don't go in there. Don't, do not go in there after Grandpa just walked out of there. That's the smell. Don't look at me like your Grandpa hadn't taken a slam in your house, in your bathroom. It's awful. <laughs> it's easy to find an excuse when you don't want to do what Jesus wants you to do. This was easy. We... Jesus, we would, we would love to roll the stone away. God, that would be so amazing. You could see what, what you missed out on. But Jesus, understand, it's, um, it's the smell. Isn't it easy to find an excuse not to follow Jesus? See, th- this right here, roll the stone aside, Jesus saying, hey, take a step of faith. I need for you to trust me enough to roll the stone aside. Why? Why, Jesus? They, see, because they had no idea that he was about to bring Lazarus back from the dead. Let's not judge them. They had not read John chapter 11 yet. They didn't know how the story ended. Jesus is asking them to take us, just like he's asking somebody in this room today, somebody watching online, I need for you to take a step of faith. Well, it don't make sense because, I mean, it's, it, the smell will be horrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? 
Now, don't miss this. He wasn't asking them to believe that he was bringing Lazarus back from the dead. He was just asking them to believe in him enough to roll the stone away. He's going, if you'll take this step of faith that I'm asking you to take, I, I've got, you, you ask for healing, but I want to bring resurrection. Jesus always has more than our plans. <laughs> so, so they rolled the stone aside. I, can you imagine that? Fine, we'll roll the stone aside. Roll the stone. Let's just roll the, the disciples over going, you know what? They're going to break this big rock up in little rocks and throw them at them. At so let's just roll the stone aside. Let's just do it. Then Jesus looked up to heaven. I love this. Father, thank you for hearing me. Now, if you're in the crowd, you're a bystander. You don't know anything about the Bible. Here comes Jesus four days late. Roll the stone aside, and all of a sudden, he looks up to heaven going, Father, thank you for hearing me. You and I would have been in the crowd going, he has lost his mind. What is it? He's talking to the sky. Just talking to the sky right now. Called him Father. That's a bit weird too, isn't it? You always hear me. He's still talking to the sky. But I said this out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so they will believe you sent me. He's talking to God. Everybody's listening. It's all set up. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. Now, I know he shouted. The reason I know he shouted is because the Bible said he shouted. And then there's an exclamation point. Now, let me ask you a question. What do you think the people at the tomb were doing? When, he, when he's like, Lazarus, come out. They were like, <laughs> I think he said Lazarus, come out. I don't know. It's just, and, then the, and then the dead man came out, and people were like, <laughs> oh, snap. Dead man came out. Like, I've never seen, I've, listen, I've been a Christian for 30 years. Never seen anybody pull this off at a funeral. Never seen a pastor get up going, hey, here to celebrate Bob. Bob, get up! <laughs> Bob raises up. If I'm at the funeral, I'm out the door. I'm like, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> Lazarus, come out! And nobody was standing there with their picture, with their camera going, man, we got to throw this on TikTok. This is going to be amazing. Watch this, right? It is going to be awesome. Nobody was expecting it. Lazarus, come out. Lazarus came out. I love this. His hands and feet bound in grave clothes. Can you see him? <laughs> He's trying to jump. <laughs> Jesus is like, oh, yeah, we need to address that. That's going to be a problem. So Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. In other words, don't miss this. Take off of him what the world put on him when the world thought he was dead. So I'm just here to tell somebody what the world, even what the Christian world tried to put on you and count you out when they thought you were out, in Christ, he says, we're going to take that off. And we're going to let religion wrap you up in grave clothes. I came to set you free. This is, 
This is death to life. When we do baptisms in a little while, this is symbolic of death to life, just like Lazarus. Now, let me ask you this question, and I'll, I promise you I'll shut up. We'll go do baptisms. Do you think Lazarus ever told his story? Can you imagine a bunch of people sitting around talking about Jesus? Blind Bartimaeus was like, hey, let, 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 me, let me tell you what it did for me. You know how people try to one-up each other? Always one up. I, I, I saw this. I saw this. I was Bartimaeus was like, I was, I was blind, and I started screaming out. People told me to shut up, and I screamed louder. And he, and he said, your faith has healed you, and I could see. I just followed him. It was awesome. And there's another guy there named Larry, Larry the leper. Larry the former leper. Larry was like, I, man, that ain't nothing. I had leprosy, and nobody would even touch me. Jesus, Jesus hugged me when nobody else would hug me. And then he cleaned me out. It's clean. So I'm glad you got your sight restored, but I had leprosy. Another guy was there going, uh-uh, I got all y'all beat. I was lame for 38 years. Laid by this pool for 38 years. And uh, I just saw Jesus one day tiptoeing through the crowds. He was coming, he just came to me and said, do you want to get well? And then told me to get up and pick up my mat and walk, and I did it. So I got all y'all beat. Lazarus is sitting at the corner going, I was dead. Hey, Bart, I was dead. I was, I was dead. All of them went, yeah, you win, you win, you win, you win. Lazarus just told the story. I don't, Jesus, Lazarus was like, I don't understand. I died. Jesus called me back to life. Now I'm alive. That's what is getting ready to happen right over there in that baptistry. Every time you see somebody go into the water, they're telling their story. I was dead, and now I'm alive. Now, baptisms with second chance, this is not the masters. We don't do golf claps. We clap. We cheer. We celebrate. You know why? You know why? Because some of you are like, I'm not used to that in church. Well, I understand. But if you'll clap and cheer for a boy in a costume that you don't know carrying a ball across a chalk line that's going to be nothing to you in the next five to ten years, if you can clap for that, then what's going on over in that pool, you can cheer like crazy for it. Because heaven cheers when people go public for Jesus. So we're about to witness people go public for Jesus, and it's going to be amazing. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for what we're about to get to see. Thank you so much for every man and woman that is, that is going public for you today, taking a step of faith in baptism. Thank you for every story that's going to be told. Thank you for every life that you are changing I thank you that in this room, Jesus, because of what we're about to see, that you're going to challenge so many of us to take our next step of faith and maybe even give our lives to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm very, very, very careful when I say this phrase. But God spoke to me so clearly in that baptistry. I was blown away. Did you hear the
the number of people that either struggled or are struggling with some type of addiction. Did you hear those stories? God told me, he said, he said, I'm using what you went through to pull others in. And he wanted me to tell somebody in this room, he's going to use what you're going through and redeem it into something more beautiful than you could ever imagine. And this didn't happen in the last service, but God told me, I, he told me as I'm standing here, that there's somebody in this room right now. You're, in, you're, you're here and you are wrestling with an addiction. I don't know what it's an addiction to. I feel like it's an addiction to alcohol and you're ashamed and you've tried to quit and you're fighting it and you're struggling and you're wrestling. Did, did you just hear the number of people that said, this is my story, this is what I fought, this is what I'm fighting? I'm telling you, this is a safe place to say I need some help. So we're about to do an invitation. We're about to do an invitation. If that's you and you, you know, listen, know it was you when heads get bowed and eyes get closed you walk out you walk out these back doors and we've got care team members that will meet you there listen to you pray with you and we'll support you any way we can so let's pray father i pray right now in the name of jesus you would fill us with the faith you would fill the person in this room that's wrestling with that addiction with the faith right now to just step out of this room to walk down that aisle to, to step into to step into a conversation that's going to lead to freedom father I pray that you would fill them with faith right now to go right now right now go ahead still bow and I still close if you're here today and you don't know Christ that's not your story you've never experienced death to life Lazarus isn't just a Bible story. Lazarus is reality for people today who will pray to accept Jesus. So if that's you and you want to ask Jesus to come into your life, then right where you stand, I want you to pray right now and just say, in your heart, just say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sin. And right now, Jesus, I receive you as Lord. Take all of me. In Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you just prayed that prayer, if you just asked Jesus to come in your life, then I want you to hold your hand up right now and hold it up high because I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. We want to celebrate with you. Thank you so much. Father, I want to thank you for the hands that are in the air right now. I want to thank you for the people that have received you. Father, I want to thank you for the people that have responded today. Father, I want to pray for each and every person in this room. God, that you're telling them, you're telling us, just roll the stone away. Just take the step of faith. Father, you would fill us with the wisdom to know what you want and the courage to do what you've called us to do. Knowing, God, that your plans are greater than our plans. Your ways are greater than our ways. Fill us with the hope and fill us with that faith 
to know that in you, the best is always yet to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody that agreed said amen. Are you glad you came to church today? I'm so glad you were here. We'll see y'all back here next Sunday. God bless.